Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, God, that we can gather and, Lord, just hear your truth. Pray, God, that we would be attentive, Father. And, Lord, we just give you this time, Lord. May it be pleasing unto you, Father. In Jesus' name.
unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will go free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come.
Oh, Father, we thank you, God. Father, that there is none like you. Father, that your love endures forever. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, your word says that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Father, your word declares that the work that you've begun in us, Lord, that you are faithful to complete. So I pray today as we gather, God, that you would give us ears to hear, God. That the soil of our heart would be the good soil to receive. That our lives, Father, will produce lasting fruit. God, that we will live lives, God, that honor you. Father, that we would continue to seek you above all. God, that we would practice and train up in the, in the ways of righteousness. God, that we wouldn't be those who would fall away. Oh, but God, that we would remain clinging to you until the day of redemption. Praise you, Father. We're going to start this morning. Um, you know, I always encourage you all to you know, love to hear how God is moving among you and ministering to you. And um, Michelle actually reached out to me last week sometime. I think it was Thursday. And she wanted to share with me what God has been dealing with her heart on. And then she asked me to share it with everyone today. So... <clears throat> As we're listening to Michelle, if you want to go ahead, I know we're going to go to Mark 13, but go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Okay, so. 
So it's Thursday morning, July 14th, 2016, and I'm driving to work. I woke up Tuesday morning, July, whatever that was. If I said today's the 13th, maybe that was like the 11th. And I woke up not really with a heavy heart, but just with an unsteady heart. I guess that that's the best way to describe it. I'm not very good with my words. So, anyways. Um, so, I have a long drive Tuesday mornings to St. Cloud. And that's usually when I take the time to turn my radio up and sing songs that I know on Z88.3 and pray for my friends and my family and just, you know, for... different things going on in the world and stuff so and not that I don't pray every day but that just really gives me like a good solid hour to myself and I can sing as loud as I want and not have people look at me like I'm crazy because I'm usually going like 85 miles an hour down Florida Turnpike so people don't get to see me too much as I fly past them but anyways so, yeah, I sing, I cry, sometimes I bang on the steering wheel, but not too hard because I'm in the office car. Um, but sometimes I'm happy. It just kind of depends on what my heart is feeling that day. But that Tuesday I woke up and, like I said, with an unsteady heart, and I just had a picture of the cross <clears throat> in my mind, and I just kept saying to myself I'm tired of giving IOUs alright sorry <clears throat> I got a phone call from one of my co-workers but anyways as I was saying um, I just was thinking in my head that I'm tired of giving IOUs. And what I mean by that is I'm tired of giving IOUs to the one that would never in a million years say, oh, I owe you one, or oh, I'll get back to you, or oh, you know, not right now, I don't have it, but you know, when I do, I'll give it to you. You know, and I do that a lot, I feel like. And I feel like maybe some of us do that a lot. You know, it's like when I pray for something, if my prayer is answered right away, and of course if it's what I want or the answer that I like, I'm so excited, I'm so happy and, you know, thankful and da-da-da-da. But if I pray and I don't get an answer right away or even if I do get an answer, I don't get the right answer, or the, not necessarily the right answer, but the answer that I think is right or that I feel should be right, then I get depressed, I get sad, I get angry, um, you know, and then I kind of stick a IOU up on the cross, like, you know, 
I'll get back with you on this one. You know, this it's not what I wanted or, you know, you haven't gotten back to me, so I'm just kind of giving up or I'm just angry right now. So let me just stick this IOU of uh, thankfulness or gratefulness up here on this cross and, you know, I'll be back, you know, or if something happens, like say I get a good review at my job or say I get a raise or something, you know, I'm excited, but I'm excited for myself. I'm not as thankful as I feel like I should be. So there I tack up another, you know, IOU on the cross, you know, like, woohoo, I got an extra dollar. I got a raise. Um, you know, let me go out and, you know, take Gio and Christian out to dinner and think all about me, 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 and not say thank you to the one that is our provider who will always provide for whether we make $2 an hour or we make $200 an hour. He's going to provide for us. We're not going to want or need, you know, for anything. But I just tack up an IOU and there it sits on the cross, you know, or, you know, nights when, you know, maybe I go out and I go someplace where I know I shouldn't be and, you know, something's telling me inside, you know, that still small voice, you know, maybe you should just stay home, you know, you really shouldn't be going there, you know. You don't want to be one of those people that they see out here this night, but yet in church on Sunday, you know, whatever. And, you know, then I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's just this one time, you know, here's an IOU, you know, like I, I next time I'll stay inside the house, you know, or next time I won't go there or next time, you know, I won't do that. But here, stick this IOU back up on the cross and then. You know, just different things, like when I say things that I shouldn't, because, you know, sometimes I have a little bit of a potty mouth, and um, I try really hard, but sometimes it just comes out, my temper comes out, and I say things a lot of the times that I shouldn't say, and I, like I said, I'm working on that, I'm trying to be better, but, you know, there's always something tugging at me saying, you know, even before I say it, sometimes I think, Oh, this shouldn't be coming out of my mouth. And before I know it, there it is, all out in the open. And then it's like, oh, I kind of have a conviction afterwards, which I guess is good, you know. But I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm going to do better with my words and what I'm saying. So, you know, here's an IOU, you know. And then before you know it, in my mind, I'm picturing this huge cross that our Savior died on with a bunch of sticky notes the yellow ones is what sticks out in my mind but with nothing but the words IOU on it and I just feel I feel really bad and I don't want to be that person anymore I want to do better I don't want to give our savior IOUs oh my goodness there's a really bad cross a uh, really bad uh, accident that I'm crossing over right now I'm praying for those people. Hope everybody's okay. But anyways, um, I don't want to give him any more IOUs. I want to be a better person. I want to live in the moment, for lack of better words, for Jesus. I want In that moment, I want to be thankful. In that moment, I want to praise him. In that moment, I want to share about him. In that moment, I want to, you know do what I need to do to be a better person and stop doing or giving him IOUs. You know, I, I, I kind of had a vision one day sitting in church and I wish I was like an artist because then I would draw these things that come to my head. But, you know, anyways, I kind of had this vision one day when we were sitting in church when Rob was talking. It was several months ago. And, you know, it was something about being like excited 
you know, and I, I, at that time, for some reason, maybe it's because it's like my favorite dessert, I pictured an ice cream truck going through like the neighborhood and how people get excited from like little kids. And even when I hear the ice cream truck, I'm not going to lie. I get a little bit excited. And, you know, these kids, they run up to the ice cream truck. The ice cream truck stops for them. And they buy ice cream that's way overpriced, but it's from an ice cream truck. So you've got to pay the $3 for a screwball or the $3 for the ice cream sandwich, you know, which you can get like a whole box of ice cream sandwiches for that. But, you know, it's just something about an ice cream truck. It just makes you excited. But the prices are a little pricey, but you still pay for it. And then I just pictured like... Our Lord, Jesus, you know, like coming up in an ice cream truck. And I wish we were all as excited to run up to him. And I just pictured like on the wall of or the side of the of his truck, not like screwballs and, you know, like ice cream sandwiches or, you know, anything like that. I pictured the words faith and the price beside it was free. I pictured forgiveness. The price beside it was free. You know, I picture, you know, all these things, grace, the price beside it, free. You know, I picture all these things in there, and he's just freely giving them out. Just right there, just freely giving them out. And I want to be that child that's excited to run up to the ice cream truck. I want to be that excited to be able to run up to my savior and know that he has everything that I need and he paid the cost. He foot the bill, you know, everything to me is free and he's not handing out an IOU. So I don't want to give him any more IOUs. So anyways, that's what was on my heart. It's been on my heart, like I said, since Tuesday. And I just wanted to share that. I don't share very much, but, um, it's just really been on my heart heavy, you know, for the last couple of days. And I've just been waking up and every morning I've been praying and asking God, you know, to work on my heart, to make me a better person, to reveal himself to me and, you know, to make me not to be an IOU person. I don't want to be that person. So anyways, I love you guys. I hope everybody's having a good day and I will talk to you later. Second Timothy chapter four, <coughs> verse one through eight. Let us not be people who <coughs> just tack up IOUs, but let us be the people who, in obedience, submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, God is moving, and God is has begun a work in each of us, and He's faithful to complete it. So it's vital that we daily are drawing near to him. I love when the word of God gives us this beautiful picture that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And we're going to look at that today. But I wanted to start in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Jesus, or in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. 
preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. And carefully, or I'm sorry, and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. We've talked about it before. Yes, it's great to celebrate Christmas, remembering the birth of our Savior. It's great to celebrate Easter, remembering His death and His resurrection. But oh, let us not forget the day that we're looking forward to, the day of His return. And daily we should be preparing for that day as if it were today. Daily, we should be living lives that are honoring and pleasing to Him. Daily, we should be submitting to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And daily, we should be urged to go forth, as this scripture is laying out here, to preach the Word of God. And why do we preach the Word of God? Because look at the sentence before it. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead, when he appears, look, to set up his kingdom. His kingdom. And even when Jesus showed up on the scene, if you would, even before he showed up, John the Baptist was already preparing preaching about the kingdom of God. Jesus shows up. He's preaching about the kingdom of God. He knows what has been established. He knows what is to come. God's kingdom. And we are to be working diligently, waiting for His return. But until that day, we are kingdom-minded. Because we're born again. We're no longer living for ourselves. Again, it's a constant theme that we're looking at and we're always talking about here, but to really understand that our desires, we've nailed them to the cross, that our, our lures, the, the things of the world that would try to lure us away, we're dead to and the world is dead to us. And, and so we're seeking Him. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to, to truly minister to us, that we're not living lives that, that's grieving Him. It doesn't mean that we're perfect but it is that we're maturing. And so I want to challenge us today as we're looking at Scripture and we're thinking about the day of His return. Do you keep that in the forefront 
of your mindset, of your heart set each and every single day. Because with the way the world is going, it's so easy to get swept away with the chaos that's brewing in this world. With the tragedies that we're hearing time and time and time again, just this morning, more cops were just shot in Baton Rouge. Death is on on a level of increase. Chaos, confusion, earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars, all of the things that we are told by Jesus will happen to mark the time of his return. And no one knows the day and the hour. But what we do know as believers is that is our hope. His return shouldn't scare us. The the conditions of the world shouldn't scare us, but it should prompt us to understand the urgency of the hour. Are you preaching the good news? Are each of you sharing the good news daily? You ought to be. There's work to be done. Each of us have been given the ministry of reconciliation. How we go about do it, how we go about doing it may look different, but we're all called to the same ministry. Reconcile others by preaching the word of God. Reconciling to back to God through Christ Jesus, who's the only way to God. Look at the, the how it's laid out here. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage people with good teaching. And understand this, there's going to come a time when people will refuse to hear good teaching because they just want their lives. They want to pursue their desires. But even in that age, keep preaching the good news. Keep preaching the the, the truth. And do it. And may it be as with, with Paul here that we get to the, to the end of our lives that we can say, I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. I mean, that's a beautiful statement to be able to declare, not in a prideful, arrogant way, but in a humble way of knowing, I belong. And I have poured myself out for his purpose and his purpose alone. Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 11. And I've kind of been stuck in this chapter Um, We're going to read 5, verse 11 through 14, and then 6, verse 1 through 12. It's a call for spiritual growth, and I've kind of been stuck here in this chapter over this past week. And really reflecting on it, that if we are not putting into practice what we are learning, what we're hearing, if we're not allowing uh, the Holy Spirit to be uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives, bringing conviction, drawing us even closer to Christ, if we're not putting into practice what we all know that we ought to be doing, we're going to go a different way. We're going to end up being those people who just hold a form of religion, but we deny God's power 
to transform us. And who would want to purposely choose that? And that's what we're doing. No one does it too, is we choose not to obey. We choose to go this way. We choose to take on the form of religion and deny his power. And why would we want to choose that? When he's given us everything we need to live a godly life, we ought to be growing, we ought to be uh, maturing, and when we see that we're lacking, it's not to be about condemnation and shame and guilt and all that craziness that we do to ourselves, but it is uh, it should bring us to conviction to go like, oh God, like, oh God. I mean, look what it says here. Verse 11, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's Word. You're like babes or babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. They're putting into practice a continual putting into practice that which they're learning. It reminds me when it says we're to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. That we're putting it into practice. If you're noticing that your spiritual life is not maturing, then you've got to take up issue with yourself. Why aren't you choosing to follow him? What's keeping you from surrendering to Christ, Jesus, your Lord, and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you on the path of righteousness, knowing and distinguishing between right and wrong, and not keep doing the wrong. Like, oops, oops, oops. Yeah, there's going to be times where you will do wrong, but it's not a consistent pattern in your life. Because it becomes a consistent pattern where the reason why we get stuck is because we start making excuses of why we keep getting there instead of recognizing that it's sin and we ought to be repentant. Repenting and, and turning from it and turning to Him and, and teach me. Show me, Lord, the ways of righteousness. Show me, God. Give me the strength to endure He says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, I'm sorry, surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment. And so... God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the world, I mean, the goodness of the Word of God 
and the power of the age to come. And who then turn away from God? It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing Him to the cross once again and holding Him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. These, this is a harsh lesson, if you would. This is written to the church. Look at what it says here. It almost gives you this, this total picture of despair. There's no hope. But there, we as the church, we know there's always hope. But we need to also understand there's a warning. There's a warning. You can't keep going your way. You can't keep holding a form of religion and denying God's power, resisting Him, and allowing Him to transform you by changing the way you think. You can't keep just holding a form and thinking that somehow, some way, you're going to just be able to, you know, receive all that God has for you when you purposely are choosing to remain in rebellious towards Him. Like you've been among God's people, you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good, and yet in your heart of hearts, you are still wicked and in rebellions towards God. And you think that you don't need correction. Somehow, you've got it set. In reality, you don't. He says it's hard for those people to be brought back to repentance. Because their heart is so hardened. And yet, they sit among the church. He says, dear friends, and here's the hope that we have. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, and you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that the hope that what you hope for will come true. Then you will come, I'm sorry, then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the examples of those who are going to inherit God's promise because of their faith. Look at this, and endurance. See, we don't want to become spiritually dull and indifferent. We just don't want to become, you know, uh, lukewarm. We don't want to become to a place where you go, we've got one foot in and one foot out. We don't want to be those people that just, again, this, this holding of this form, this lack of maturing within our lives, and somehow, some way, think that we're going to be fully, you know, given the right in the air of His kingdom. 
We talked about it on Friday night. We got to be careful of just promising people, you know, the principles and the and the and the rewards of the kingdom, and not first sharing the king with them, introducing them to the king. That we must understand that no, there's first a place of submission to his lordship. Uh, there's a place of, of allowing Him to be Lord, that He has accomplished all that He set out to do, that His kingdom is coming. His kingdom will last forever. And those who are with Him will be with Him, but those who are against Him for eternity will be apart from Him. We are called to grow up that we are called to continue to mature. If you go to James chapter 4. Verse 1 through 10. This understanding of, like I said earlier, drawing close to God. Drawing close to God. And, and again, not just having a form, but is it really our lifestyle? Is it really uh, the motives of our heart each day as we're going through our days to abide in Christ, to remain in Christ, to, to know our identity, to recognize our purpose now? Because we have died to our old ways, so now then how are we living? As new creations as those who belong to Christ. Because I'm telling you, if we would truly get the, the understanding of the times and the days in which we are living, the urgency of the hour to, to be out there and to represent Him. I mean, do you realize that's what we're called to do? We're called to be His ambassadors. We're called to go out and, and, and represent His kingdom. His kingdom. We're to represent Him. We're to be His hands, His feet. We're, we're to be the ones who are burning bright in the darkness of this world. We're not to be tainted by the darkness. We're not to be given in to the desires that are being provoked within us. No, we're to recognize, no, I've already laid down my life because no greater love can ever be expressed unless it comes through laying one's life down. So if I'm going to say I love him, then those my actions need to go along with what I'm declaring. Like, I love you, God. And I've been challenging us for, it seems like for months now, do you love him? Like, seriously, do you love God? You would know you love him if you are obeying him. And if you're finding that you're not obeying Him, then I want to encourage you to seek Him above all. Draw close to Him. And as you're drawing close to Him, He will draw close to you. Look what it says here. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. 
You want only what will please give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. What do you think the scriptures mean when they say that the Spirit of God has placed within us is filled with envy? But he gives us even more grace to stand such evil desires. As scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God. And God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Oh, humble yourselves before the Lord. And He will lift you up in honor. Beautiful picture of being restored, this beautiful picture of wholeness, this beautiful picture that, that God has laid out for us, that we would stop going our way and that we would go His way, that we would seek Him above all, that we would, that we would stop desiring to be rebellious, to, to, to seek ourselves and our wants, that we would truly recognize, no, wait a minute, there is work to be done. Like he's returning you all. He's returning. And how is he going to find us? How is he going to find you? Like he's returning. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, returning. Do you give thought to that? Like daily. Do you give thought? Like he can show up at any moment. And where's he going to find us? Are we going to have our lamps filled? Or are we going to be like the ones who weren't ready? Who were scrambling around trying to get ready? And they missed it. I want to keep encouraging us to be the ones that are ready. Have your lamps filled. Be about the Father's business. Like, this, is, this isn't a game. Like, we're talking about eternity. I, I was awakened pretty much all night. I think maybe I had like an hour's sleep, and I'm thinking of eternity, and I'm like, God, that's forever. Are we really getting it, God? I mean, really, are, do we really see the signs of the time? Do, do we really recognize that this isn't a game? This isn't just some kumbaya message, oh, that's just all feel good. You know, show up wherever we go worship and go right back out to whatever we worship. Like we're, you know, yeah, oh, praise God, praise God. But yet when we go right out of fellowship, when we go right out of, 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 of accountability, we're worshiping other idols. We're, we're giving ourselves to our desires. We're making excuses for our bad attitudes. We're, we're doing things that we ought not to be doing. And we're grieving the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about eternity. 
We're talking about his kingdom is established. And he's coming back and he's gathering those who belong to him. And we're watching our loved ones. We're watching our neighbors. We're watching, you know, people out there on the streets, you know, and we're not even caring about their eternity. We're not even focused on his return. And I said, God, help us to awaken us. Because if Jesus himself teaches about it, I think we ought to be awakened to the urgency of the hour. Because if you go to Mark chapter 15, he just had an encounter, as we read the last time we were together. And yet these Pharisees and these Sadducees came again, yet to try to provoke him, to try to find error in Jesus, but Jesus turns it around on them. And now Jesus is at a place where he's leaving the temple, and one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at these magnificent buildings. Look at the impressive stones and the walls. And Jesus replied, Yes. Look at these great buildings, but they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple. Peter, James, and John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked him, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? And Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, oh, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world, as well as famines. But this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. I don't know if you've read through this this past week, studying before our time together. I would encourage you to, to go ahead and start studying the chapters before we get, dive into it. But I had to stop there as I'm was meditating on this, and I was sitting here, and I was like, do we really get it? But this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Things will only start progressively get worse. And then he says, but when these things begin to happen, watch out! These are Jesus' words. You will be handed over to local councils and beaten in synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. The good news must first be preached to all nations. But when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at that time. 
For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Great times of, of trials, great times of persecution, wars, I mean famines, earthquakes, signs of destructions are going to be all around. And in the midst of all of this, those who preach good news will be persecuted. What? Those who bear the name of Jesus, those who have the answer for man's kind conditions will be snuffed out or tried at least to be extinguished. Silence them. You will be arrested. You will be thrown into prison. You will be killed for your faith. This is Jesus talking. No, Jesus, give us a better, give us a better story, Jesus. Make it easier for us, Jesus. Just make it easier for us in this world. And yet Jesus does it. But yet, why is it that that's what we hear preached all the time? Do you not see how the enemy will love nothing more than to keep the church ignorant? To keep her immature? Because if she remains immature, she'll remain in rebellion. Come on, be careful of what you're listening to. Be careful of how you're twisting God's message to satisfy your earthly desires because God's message has nothing to do with this earth or the desires within this earth or the desires that are within you. He's telling them, listen, it's going to get rough. There's going to be horrible events taking place on this earth. And just when you start seeing them taking place, watch out. Because your time is coming. They'll come for you. Because you're my followers. Who signs up for that? That's what I'm telling y'all. Do you realize, do you truly understand what you say? You're sitting here. Do you truly understand what you say, who you believe in, and how you should be living? I mean, do we really get it? I was praying outside this morning. I was just like, God, like this is amazing. Like this is your kingdom. And we are your messengers. We are your people. We are the people who should be going out and spreading the good news. We're to be diligent. We're to honor you. And that's why I love these little parables about, you know, the farmers or, you know, oh, this man has some land and so he turns it over to these workers. And that's what Jesus has done. And we read that back in the last chapter. Like he's given us, we're to be good stewards. He's given us this, this time in, in this generation to work the harvest. And we're to be diligent. We're to be good workers. What happens in a regular job if you're not a good worker? You're fired. You're held accountable. You just don't remain and just be like, okay, well, I'm glad you got as much done as you did. No, no, there's standards. And so if, if the earth and, and, the, and the physical realm can understand that there's standards in which people ought to be held accountable, do we not truly not get the fact that we are to be about our Father's business? And if not, we will be held accountable for what we have done. 
And do you really feel in your hearts of the hearts that if you die today and you stand before Him? That you've been faithful? Sidetracked, not to not just to, to grow accustomed to, to religious ways or to the ways of this world, but no God, break us if you have to, strip us of everything if you have to, to equip us for the time that's coming. I shared with you a few weeks ago the passion that, that I've had for quite some time since I came to Christ was to teach people to, 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 to really seek God, to, to live lives of righteousness. To, to prepare people for the days that are coming. Not just to peddle the, the gospel out. Not just to, you know, oh, let's just all get excited and then actually just leave empty with inside. We can have all the excitement, but if the excitement doesn't lead to maturity, then what's the point? Like, do you care about other Christians to see them growing? We have to. But first and foremost, do you care about yourself? That you truly are growing, that you truly are seeking Him. He says, watch out. When you see these things taking place, watch out. Because they're coming for you. Like, I don't know like if, how many of you heard, like, in Russia. Like, the government just passed the law that they can't evangelize on the streets anymore. That's huge. That's huge. For a nation, I can't go into the whole makeup of Russia and where they've been and who they are, but for them to allow this to, to pass is huge. Because once they were closed off, and there was a mighty move in Russia, God moved in such an incredible way, and it became open to where the gospel can be preached, and it has been preached there for many years, and now they're told, no more. I'm like, wow. Wow. And when we see even in our own nation, Christianity being mocked, Christianity, Christians being told, you're the one causing hate, you're the one, stop preaching that message. It's not from the government yet, but get out on the streets, you all. See how people respond to the gospel. It's not a message that everyone is going to welcome. And Jesus himself understood this. That's why he's preparing those who would follow him. And I love the fact that he says, and when you are arrested, when you have to give an account, don't worry. Just speak what God gives you. Because it's not going to be you, it's going to be the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so vital, you all, that you're depending upon the Holy Spirit for your growth. Not for you, you can't do anything. So many times when I counsel people, they'll say, well, I've tried, or I'm doing this and I'm doing that, and, and the problem is, is I. Listen to yourself. A lot of times I'm counseling people, I'll tell them, let's write down everything, and so I, and then I show them, what's, what's the common denominator? You. You've tried, you've done, you did this, you did that. Oh, 
It has nothing to do with you. Where's your reliance? Where's your dependence upon the Holy Spirit? Where can you have, have you confessed? I can't do it. Wretched man that I am, who then can? The Holy Spirit. He's been given to us. And so have you cultivated a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Who lives within you? Because you need to be. Because he's going to be the one in the trying times that's going to be speaking through you. But if you're in the way, he can't accomplish what he's purposed to do. A brother, Jesus goes on, will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child, and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The day is coming when you will see the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing where he should not be. And I love it that Mark writes in here, reader, pay attention. Pay attention. And you can find an understanding, and we're not going to break down prophecy today, but if you want to understand the verse 14, go to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, Daniel chapter 11, verse 31, and Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. The prophecy that will be fulfilled. And Jesus himself is referring back to the prophecy that was given to Daniel. He says, then those, when you see this, then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must go down into the house to pack, and must not go down to the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in the winter. For there will be a greater anguish in those days, look at this, than any time since God created the world, and it will never be so great again. Again, I don't know how much time you set in this. But I sat there and I looked at that and I thought, these times, what Jesus himself is coming on this earth, the earth hasn't even begun to even see such anguish. I'm like, wow. And then I sat there and I thought, the, the destruction of the flood. And I can only imagine the, the anguish and just the, 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 the hell those people had to endure when that door closed to the ark. And the rain began to fail. To fall. And, you know, I think I shared years ago, I was going to do a sermon, I don't think I ever did, um, titled, Who's Knocking on Your Ark? Who's Banging on Your Ark? Like, those people must have been clawing, banging, scratching, at least those that were around the ark. 
I'm sure there was people that wanted in. They realized, oh, Noah wasn't crazy. We should have listened. We should have listened. But we wanted our ways. And now they're reacting and they were wiped away. I think of Sodom and Gomorrah. The city that was burnt to the ground. Those people, what they endured, what they suffered. Wow. I imagine all the calamities that are going on in the world and, and the suffering of mankind that people are experiencing. And yet, it's not even comparable to what's coming. And we want to play church. We want to pretend. And not all of us, but unfortunately, come on. What are we doing? Do we truly believe? Reader, pay attention. Then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders so as to deceive even possible, even God's chosen ones. Watch out! I've warned you about this ahead of time. Be careful who starts rising up on the scene, pretending to be holy, pretending to be the Messiah, pretending to, to have you know, this incredible you know, ways of, of, of miracles and just influencing so many people. Be careful. Watch out. Jesus is saying it, they will rise up. There's going to be an all-out war against me. I mean, do we recognize that? Everything that's going on, everything that the enemy is... is, 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 is bringing a pout and turning upside down is an all-out war against the kingdom of God. But yet, nothing that he can plan or do can win. I mean, that's what, as a church, we have to remember. We win. Jesus has already won. Everything that's being permitted is permitted. To fulfill what God has purposed. So we can trust in Him. That He will see us through. But we're going to have to endure. For those who endure to the end. Don't grow faint. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. Don't cower down. Don't turn back to your own desires. Oh no. Endure. Endure it. You belong to God. You are a child of God. If you are sitting here today and you're calling yourself a Christian, you are a child of God. You've been adopted. You've been engrafted into his family. You have been sealed until the day of redemption. That's what you're longing for. That's where your hope is in. It's not in this world. Listen, we've got to be careful. No matter what's pressing up against us, don't put your hope 
and a favorable resolution, whatever it is. Your hope is in Christ. You can't say, well, I hope this to be. And then when it doesn't, you're so disappointed and discouraged and overwhelmed and poor me, poor me. And we've all been there. But your hope isn't in your, the, the circumstance being fixed or working out for you. Because what if it never does? He's still God. Your hope is in Christ. And that hope will never disappoint you. You are going to endure hard times. You are going to be hated by the masses. Because you belong to Jesus. Hard times will come. That's what Jesus is laying out to his followers. So God help us to, to keep our hope in him. Hope is it can't be in anything else or anyone else. But in Him and in Him alone. People are going to step up. People are going to rise up on the scenes. And they're going to even try to deceive so many people. You're seeing an all-out war against the kingdom of God. You're seeing the false gospels being preached you're, you're at an alarming rate. And then we see denominations and, and multiple, I mean, churches who were once faithful to God's word eroding. Maybe God didn't say that. Or, or maybe God, we need, to, uh, we need to add on. You're seeing it in such a way, at a rapid pace. Things are changing, you all. To where years ago, it would have taken just a, you know, a long time to get things accomplished for, for the sake of, 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 of groups and, and people that are living ungodly lives. Now things are happening overnight. Things are happening overnight. Things are, we're living in such an age of deception that's running amok and from our leaders all the way down. And we're asleep. Like when we see our leaders standing and proclaiming things that are so ungodly and you see people fall for it. And then you see the entertainment industry rise up, and, and they're all for it. And you see all these movements rising up, and everyone has wants a voice to be heard. Give us what we demand, what we desire. Do you not see it's increasing in a rapid way? And then if you look and you gaze out, and you see the, quote, quote, Church, the message that's popular out there, it's not the gospel. And churches are eroding. They're turning from God. And they're going the way of the world. And that's the religious the religious 
people. Because the true church of God, the true remnant of God, the true bride of Christ is not tainted. She is pure, without spot or blemish. She's not given herself to the world. She's not falling prey to deception. She's preparing for the return of the bridegroom. God, may we be that church. May we be those who are not tainted by the world or deceived by what's going on. That we wouldn't turn from truth that we would endure to the end. The true church, the true bride, the remnant of the people of God, we're on the earth. We're on the earth. But our voices are trying to be snuffed out. We may end up being like John the Baptist in the wilderness crying out. Not everybody's going to come, but those who are chosen, those whom God has set forth will come. That's why we have to be passionate, y'all, to be out there preaching the gospel, holding up truth, loving on people, there's so much waging war against us. And I have been sharing on Friday night, I have to be really careful not to allow myself to get discouraged. Sometimes I just go, God, it's crazy. And then God always has a sense of humor because he reminds me of the prophets. And I go, oh, yeah, I really... I mean, they were called in a generation, they were told to go speak, and they were even told by God, but no one's going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. oh, God! And as it is with those today who are preaching the word of God, not everyone's going to flock to it. Because look at the times that we're in. At that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. <clears throat> then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth, and the heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and it leaves and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things take place, you know that his return is very near. Right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never 
disappear. However, and I love this, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do. And he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak, don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. Wow. Jesus' words. Don't fall asleep. Pay attention. Remain alert. Know the times. Recognize the times. That you're living. I want to close in Daniel chapter 12. You see, God has purposed already His plan. And I've encouraged you all to, to go study from Genesis to Revelation. There's no greater love story that will ever be penned. Before the earth was formed, God's plan had been established. The cross. That love would be displayed to all creation. That his love would be displayed through Jesus. It's incredible. And for years, and for years, and for generation upon generation upon generation, God has been revealing himself to mankind. And God raised up Daniel, and we're learning, and I'm really studying Daniel, but we're learning the, how Daniel lived his life in Babylon, that he was able to thrive. That he did not give in to the ways of Babylon. No, he stood for God. And yet God raised up Daniel to, to give him the prophecy of the end times. And I want to look at this in chapter 12. The time of the end. At that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of, here's this word, of anguish. Greater than any since nations first came into an existence. Sounds familiar. Jesus mentioned. But at that time, every one of your people whose names is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. 
Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush to here and there, and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen, who was now standing above the river, How long will it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen, who was standing above the river, raised both his hands toward heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time, times, and a half a time. When the scattering of the holy people has finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, How will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. From the time the daily sacrifices stop, and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end. Of the 1,335 days, as for you, go your way until the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. God's plan, you all. Oh, that we would be people diligently preparing for His return. That we would be the bride waiting for her bridegroom. Not being entangled with the affairs of this world. No, we're to be the bride of Christ without spot or blemish. Pure. Pray that for us today. That there be anything within us that we would repent. That we would turn from our wicked ways. And that we would seek Him above all. There's work to be done, you all. Individually and then just corporately. That we ought to be doing out there in our community. <clears throat> That's tragedy taking place all over that throughout the earth we need to be responding in a way that's giving God the glory and the honor so I just want to close with this last song and then I'll close this in prayer
authority of heaven. Thank you.